everyone. Welcome back to Grace Lake Central's Reality Check, where we ask teachers to pause, reflect, and try something. This is Victoria Loeb, and I'm actually flying solo today as our resident Twitter expert. Um, not really, but I really do love it. Um, we began this semester by asking teachers to try something new. New year, something new to try. And a lot of responses we received were about following three new educators on Twitter. So today, in part one of upping your Twitter game, we'd like to present you with the three educators you should be following on Twitter. Um, before I begin, I just want to let you know I had a lot of options to sort through. And as I whittled this down, I tried to focus on those educators who are creating original content, not just retweeting content that's out there. And I also wanted to make this as high impact as possible, meaning that although Twitter is a platform that will help connect you with ideas and people, remember that it's really just a means through which you access PD in more than 280 characters. So in other words, Twitter links to websites and online magazines and newspapers and blogs and podcasts and video content and so many other things. Um, okay, so without further ado, here is what we came up with. Number one is the cult of pedagogy. We are starting big. Okay, so the Cult of Pedagogy is run by a team of people who curate content first and foremost through their blog, but they also have a pretty, uh, pretty good podcast and a pretty big Twitter following. So Jennifer Gonzalez is the editor-in-chief and is probably who most of us associate with the site. Um, she is a former middle school ELA teacher, so she has some really great cross-curricular literacy-based posts, but she also has great content on instruction, classroom management, and ultimately technology. Um, she recently tweeted out her six ed tech tools to try in 2020, which I'd been looking forward to for a couple of weeks. Um, I actually hadn't heard of any of the tools. And the one I'm really curious about is called Floop, as in like feedback loop, um, which gives real-time feedback on visual work. I mean, obviously, I do this all the time in Google Docs, but I think about teachers who are having kids produce something more visual. Maybe that's through math or something in the arts. Um, another one of my, her favorite posts of mine is uh, 20 ways to cut your grading time in half. So yeah, really good practical PD. Um, she gives you a lot of way to follow her team. So choose one that works for you. Okay. Number two is at J. Matt Miller. He um, curates the Ditch That Textbook um, site. And I just want to say that there are so many tech integration specialists and tech educators and Google certified educators on Twitter. And a lot of them produce really practical tech content. Um, and this one that I really like is Matt Miller, who runs a team at Ditch That Textbook. And his mission is to use tech in meaningful and engaging ways. He describes his tips as, quote, use it in class tomorrow, practical PD. Um, and again, he has a podcast and a follow-up blog to the podcast, much like we do. Um, so I liked one of his recent posts, which isn't actually tech-focused, but it's rather assessment-focused. Um, it's called Four Classroom Strategies to Avoid Gotcha and tests and quizzes. And these are really simple, but upon reflection, these are things I don't actually include on tests. So he advocates for including questions like, um, what do you know that I didn't ask you on the test? Or explain why you answered one of the questions like you did. Um, so I'm an English teacher. And as 
I've moved to more multiple choice skill-based tests recently. I wonder how including um, like questions like this could not only help students be rewarded for what they do know, but I think it also would help me assess the validity of my test. He has a lot of other posts. Um, some on, you know, the 15 ways to use Snapchat in schools. He has posts on video creation. He's really into sketchnoting, which I'm really curious about. Um, he's got stuff on extension assignments, and he has so much more. Please note, on our blog, we've listed other ed tech gurus, if you will, um, that we really love, or I, I really love. Um, number three is Caitlin Tucker. Okay, so we have a lot of teachers in the district, especially at Central, moving into blended learning next year. We have a lot of students who've expressed interest in it. Um, and there are a lot of educators presenting both philosophical and practical content on Twitter. Um, please stay tuned for our next episode on Upping Your Twitter Game Part 2, in which we talk about EduChats, and there are some really great blended EduChats going on. Um, anyways, so Maureen Ritter, who's one of our current blended teachers, recommended that I follow Caitlin Tucker, and I'm really glad that I did. Um, I found a lot of value in her posts about station rotations, which might be helpful for blended or non-blended teachers. And I think this is a strategy that we often connect to lower grades, but she gives really practical tips, but also examples on how to facilitate this at the high school level. Um, I also liked her recent post on grade interviews with students, which essentially sounds like um, students preparing an argument. Um, they come to her with a letter grade that they think they deserve in addition to specific prepared evidence. And this ignites this evidence-based ba conversation back and forth for three minutes. Um, follow her on Twitter. Follow her on her blog, um, especially if you're curious about the blended experience. Okay, that's it. Those are our top three educators to follow on Twitter. Um, and just a couple notes here at the end. There is so much on Twitter that you can use for professional development. Um, and one more note, and this is just from my personal experience. Um, as high school educators, we're really content focused. So I think that you should use Twitter to help inspire you in your content area. Um, start nationally, what governing bodies help to drive your content's philosophy, follow them. And then look at state and the collegiate level, what big bodies um, are helping to govern rules. Um, and also note, it might be Illinois and it might not. So for example, I've found that the state of Virginia's Association of English Teachers is producing some really interesting content. So I follow them and I've, I've been inspired. Also, if you teach living authors or if living authors or scientists or philosophers are experts in your field, follow them. You'll find access to new articles and videos and general inspiration for projects and authentic assessments. Um, you should talk to Jen Nace if you want help researching the most relevant leaders in your field who are also active on social media. I can also help you with that. Um, as a freshman English teacher who's finally moved into a curriculum in which we are teaching 100% diverse living authors. I have never seen students more engaged or excited when I've tweeted photos of student work at authors who then respond. It's a really, really powerful moment. Um, and finally, as a side note, I've also found a lot of value in fo following other 
well, right now it's just English teachers specifically on Instagram. Um, And honestly, when you're getting to Instagram or you're going to Twitter, it's a lot like research we do in any other area. You find one good source and that just leads you down this rabbit hole of finding 20 other people who are producing similar content, who are also following that person. So it's really great. Um, that's it. Thank you so much for listening to Upping Your Twitter Game Part 1. Join us next episode for Upping Your Twitter Game Part 2, in which we talk about participating in edu chats. In the meantime, what will you do to try something?